0: of episodes in now and you totally get it. The But Why series asking all sorts of questions. These dialogues are going to get more raw, more real. And I am so grateful you're here. If you like this podcast, click subscribe, hit like, send me a message. I welcome questions, comments, gripes, and complaints. Also check out my awesome books on Amazon. Okay, here we go. Next episode of the But Why series. Dr. Joy, I am so excited to have you back on the podcast. We had we had you on here before the pandemic started, like right at the beginning of the pandemic, where ironically we started talking um, even about end times a little bit. And since then, um, I have had huge shifts in my life, and we've kind of taken the direction of the podcast uh, down this down this little rabbit hole. And we're starting to ask big questions about, but why? Um, and I couldn't think of any, anybody better than <laughs> to address these questions that I have, uh, than you with all your knowledge. You've been a history channel expert on, on the topic of, of, uh, Bibli- uh of the Bible of biblical end times. Um, Really, really honored to have you on today.
1: Well, listen, I appreciate you asking me to come back on. It's such an honor to be asked to be able to share some of the
0: research that I've done for a very, very long time. Um, and just full disclosure so I, put, I picked up my Bible for the first time since college uh, last week.
1: Oh, okay.
0: <laughs> and, um, and it was really inspirational. Um, I, you know, I was, uh, baptized, uh, Baptist at a young age. And, um, as I kind of progressed in high school and into college, started, uh, learning more about the teachings of Buddha, um, things like that. And had kind of taken this, um, you know, organized religion had, had turned me off. Um, really not to Christianity, uh, but just to the idea of religion and, um, you know, as like a label. And so I kind of just started to have a real uh, one-on-one spiritual connection with God. That, that was kind of the direction that I took. And um where I've been at lately uh is that I fell down the, the QAnon rabbit hole. I don't know if you're familiar with <laughs> with QAnon, (laughs) um, or the whole where we go, one we go all kind of movement that's happening. But um I started to start I started to do a lot of research and and started to have more questions than I had answers on various different symbolism um from our political leaders and across the world. And really it really kind of started to shake the notions that I had that uh that the world was going to go back to some sense of normal. Because honestly, after seeing what I've seen, I don't think I can ever go back to that naivety, like living um, in this naive space that, uh, and really I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful that I'm proven wrong. I am hopeful that our world is not being led by an elite occultist ring. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm not feeling very confident in that. And so I thought that I would have, uh, I would love to have this conversation with you. And, and so I'm really just going to open the floor. What, what is your beliefs on what is happening in the world? Um, are you familiar with QAnon? Are you familiar with some of the stuff? Um, what, what do you think about the, the human trafficking stuff, the, the Lucifer-led politics. What, What do you think about all this?
1: Well, you know, having researched this for a very long time, and unfortunately I've seen a lot of people over the years who could not find really answers to specific questions that they had, start really searching in rabbit holes. And it's very easy to get sucked down a rabbit hole very quickly when you're uh, naive or when you're searching because something has not been able to answer a question for you and it's left a door open that should have never been left open for you to move any further. I think that... um, you know, being a Christian is probably the greatest thing that really ever happened to me as a young person. But at the same time, like all people do, when you get older and you get presented with questions, you start looking for answers. And many times the the people that I ask those questions to could not answer them for me. And so I've studied about every religion that there is, and I understand all the things like transcendental meditation and astral flight and I've studied all about the aliens and and, um, the fallen angels and all the books before the biblical scriptures. So I can honestly say that it's not hearsay. I I really have taken the time to study every facet that I could to get a greater understanding about what's happening in this world. Because I wanted to know from a standpoint of being a person here in this world. And I didn't want to fool myself uh, trying to make me figure out or find something that was maybe the best thing that made me feel good, I wanted to know the truth. And so the truth is what my research and work has always been about. And looking at the QAnon and some of the other people that I've seen come on board, you have to be careful because there is something in this world that's been with us really since the Garden of Eden that I talk about in all my books. And that is that there is a serpent, there is a dragon, there is this being that was a part of us when we were all developed in the human race back in the Garden of Eden into having our spiritual souls put within our bodies. And this particular being has been here for the sole purpose of trying to destroy our soul. And for the purpose of making us fall victim to just like some of the things that you're talking about that you've had to deal with in trying to find answers. Unfortunately, biblical scripture has told us that my sheep perish because of lack of knowledge. And I can honestly say that from all the research that I have done, that lack of knowledge is probably the thing that's hurting Christianity more than anything. Because Christians don't read their Bibles. They don't get into the Word of God. Because they got uh confused or either they just didn't they couldn't figure out what it meant, and the people they asked didn't want to take the time to really explain or they didn't know and so what i've tried to do in my work is to take what's scientifically happening in the world and show you that it 's in the scriptures, so when we talk about people that are out there um who seem to be good and have good intentions and they connect a lot of the little dots to d- different things. What I have learned, unfortunately, it's just like in the Harry Potter series or in um, the QAnon the or in anything that seems to be that it's all one way or another. What I know and what I've read and what I've researched is that there is this, black magic and there's this white magic and they seem to be good and evil but they're still magic and and when you look at something like let's say the wizard of oz you had the wicked witch of the north and you had the uh you had the i'm mean, a good witch of the west and you had a good the good uh witch of the north and if when you look at that and you really think that one's bad and one's good well when you're practicing magic it's still it's still wrong it's still not according to what scripture is telling you so there is an element of these people who come on board who don't want to take you back to scripture and make you go back and look at scripture. They want to kind of have their way of explaining something. Now, I do know from the research that I've done that there is an element of a seed of the serpent that has been with us here since the Garden of Eden. I trace that through my books and show you how the secret societies and the people who formulated the history of the serpent to bring us to a day one day when there will be an antichrist and that we will have to receive a marker the beast they have their own history then it's moved perfectly through history to this point in time and in the garden that seed was very cursed by God, and then the seed of the woman and, and Adam, who was through Seth's lineage because uh, Cain killed Abel, that lineage has run through history, which really encompasses most all of us, and we are literally God's children. So when you talk about the parable of wheat and tares, what we're seeing happening today is that the wheat is being separated from the tares, and many times you see people who seem like they're literally out of control, and they can't understand simple, simple things, where you and I might say, uh, is it okay to kill anything that's human? You know, most of us would say, the scripture says, thou shall not kill. And then if you say, well, is it okay to kill a child after a child has been born? Um, then you've got to go back and say, what, is, what does the scripture say? Does it say that thou shall not kill? Does it say that that person has a soul? that's already been in the womb, does it not say that God knew us from the foundations of the world and that once that conception, when the egg hits the sperm, that there is a an electromagnetic force, electricity force that forms. And so once energy is made, it can never be destroyed. So at the moment of conception, you are alive. Now, if you're aborted or whatever, your soul does exist because that coming together has made you. So there is where I think a lot of people Don't understand the significance of why we are here. We are not just grains of sand floating on a beach or wind blowing in the air and in pollen. I mean, we are literally here for a significant purpose. And it's fortunate if you get the chance to study Christianity because then you understand that God sent His only Son to save us. And had that not occurred, and had He not been pure when He went to the cross and died for us, Then we would not be able to go back into a paradise situation. The work that I've done so much about the strata Turin really literally proves that that cloth is real and that Christ really did resurrect. I mean, scientifically, I have proven that in all my research and all my books. So if that's the case, and he really did raise from the dead and he promised his disciples he was coming back again and that where he was going, he was going to be preparing a place for us. If you read all that and you come right on up through the scriptures, you find that everything that's ever been prophesied in scripture has been true 100 percent of the time and that was one of the things that when i was on the history channel and i did the seven seals of the apocalypse that i ended one of those shows with them having me say that it's going to end just like scripture told us it was going to end it's going to be exactly like that book of revelation has told us it's going to be and so today we are literally seeing that happen all around the world, every sign that's coming to pass is something that we were told in Scripture was going to happen. And it has happened literally just as Scripture has told us. So if I was a gambler and I went out to Las Vegas with something that's a 100% accurate, then I would be willing to play on that 100% because there's nothing in this world that's a 100%. But that Bible has been totally a 100% spot on. From the time it starts in Genesis up until the time it's going to end there in the book of Revelation as to what's happening. The problem is we have not seen the significance in reading God's holy word. If we go down to to take an exam to ride or drive in a car to get our license, we read the manual we are unfortunately not reading God's word. And so I think it's because people have been so apt to think they didn't understand it and so they couldn't explain it. But that's what my work has been to try to explain that. So, I, you know, when you look outside the Bible for other things, listen, I have read <laughs> so much, uh, Michaela, that I'm to the point like, you know, anybody can twist and fix anything. They kind of want it to be in their way. And you can get sucked down those rabbit holes so easy. And many times, you know, had I not been ground in the word, there were some things that I read that people have asked me, well, where did you find that resource? And I would go, "Okay, now I'm going to give you the resource. But unless you are ground in God's word, don't go there. Because if if you do, it's so confusing that it will pull you away from the truth and you don't want to lose the truth. Um, There is a group of people that rule the world. There is a group of people that have ruled the world. And those people are all connected uh, by bloodlines. And they we're talking are talking the
0: Illuminati. Oh, we're yes. The cabal.
1: Yes. We're talking about all of that. And they, oh, the, Joy, I was hoping you weren't going to say that. Oh, well, boy, the, the bad thing is this. They, the Bible tells us they are like us, but not of us.
0: Oh, in other
1: words, they look like us. They oh, tend gosh. to act like us, but they are not of us. And unfortunately, that is the explanation of the wheat and tares parable that is in Scripture. It is also the explanation of who the serpent seed was that would bring into me between God's seed through Adam and Eve and and then uh, Cain's being from the serpent and spending time with the serpent and Eve having him as a son. And now that has been a real thing to have to deal with when you have to go back and look at the Hebrew and see that when she ate in the garden with the serpent and she hid, they hid themselves and covered themselves up from nakedness, that that in scripture Hebrew explanation is that she has a sexual experience with that serpent. So many times we have thought that it meant like a snake. And I grew up on a South Georgia farm and we had snakes everywhere. It was not a snake like that. And when you understand from Revelation that the old serpent, the old dragon has been here with us from day one, that he was cast out of heaven, he was put here. In the book of Daniel, we're told he's covered in beautiful stones. He was a beautiful being. So it was not something like we think about a snake, an ugly being there immolating himself. He was trying to pretend to be like Jesus. Where the tree of life was in the midst of the garden, and the tree of good and evil was in the midst of the garden. And the fruit th- was not right for them to ever eat from. And so that kind of started the whole problem. And that is a really difficult thing to grasp. And I try to explain all that in my book so that you just don't get lost. There's a lot of theories and all this kind of stuff that happen. I try to take you scripturally through every bit of scripture so that you can see why God wanted us to be pure, not whores, not committing adultery, why marriage is so important, why the bride of Christ had to be pure, why he had to be pure going to the cross, why all the he begat, 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 begat is in there, as well as the lineage of him coming from his mother and his father in the book of Matthew and Luke back to uh, the days of Adam.
0: Well, I got to tell you, I have been having a tremendous amount of, I've, I've mentioned it on this podcast for months now, and I've been talking about it more recently, lots of symbolism, energy, universal energy in my life, seeing numerology, 1111s, things like that. But this past weekend, I uh, was swimming at a lake up up country. It's it's we are riddled with smoke. It is it is blackened skies. It's hard to tell day from night. Mm -hmm. Um, We went up there, the water was clear. I normally I'm trepidatious about just jumping off the dock and stuff. Cause I don't like, you know, but it's a, it's a very clear lake. It's an ice lake. Um, was jumping in, having a great time. Then I saw something that was probably a rope from a boat that was almost in the shape of a noose.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: then someone that I was with said, look at that water snake. <sighs> <laughs> <laughs> and I'm telling you, I am not missing the messages from my angels. Yes. I, I am not missing these messages. They have been overwhelming in my life. They have been everywhere. But I, I was recently sent a video from a friend who, uh, very deep in her Christian religion, um, her father uh, has been telling her of late, "I taught you wrong." Um, he said that he believes, and and I want to, I want to, I want to see if you're aware of this and what your thoughts are on this. He believes that um, that. The earth, all of it is actually Satan's domain and that as souls, we are sent here um, to to um, have these experiences, these connections and the life and birth cycle continues with our place on earth until we um, continue through Satan's kind of land and come out with our healing and our knowledge. And where he gets this from, he sends these videos from a guy named Hans Wilhelm. Mm-hmm. On the topic of reincarnation. And he mm-hmm. believes that uh, that this was actually ousted from the King James Version of the Bible. That reincarnation was something that j- Jesus spoke of. And that God shared. And that this is how it happens. And our soul continues to make its journey here until we finish our work.
1: Well, you know, I've, I've heard I've heard all that before, but scripture and I watched really te- it. I mean,
0: his video is much better and explains karma and energy much better. But that's right. The concept, so.
1: Well, I think that we all would like to know that if we don't make the right choices, that we have another option. I mean, you know, there's purgatory. There's all the things that are the other religious teachings and that kind of thing. But in scripture, it tells us that we really are born uh, to die. And that we have one choice. And at the point of death, when we when we die, that the spirit goes back to God who gave it. It does not reincarnate itself back into earth. Neither did it do with Jesus when he resurrected from the dead. And then also we have to look at what it tells us as the fact that the reason the angels were actually sent into a hell because they were mortal. They could never go back and redo anything. Their they're, they're, uh, fate was sealed once they uh, turned against God in heaven and was cast out, so you know they can't ever get restitution. We are given a soul. The moment that we are born, and that's when I was telling you about the conception, that is the moment that you actually come into being, because once that energy is made, it can never be destroyed, whether it be in a body form or wherever. And anybody that knows has ever had a near-death experience, and I have had uh, so many case studies that I've worked with people, and I've had the opportunity to actually have been outside of my body at one time and realize that you look like you are, your mind is with you, and that your body is literally a shell. When... We look at scripture, we find that when uh, the rich man went into hell and that Lazarus, who was the beggar, was in Abraham's bosom, they were quite aware that each one of them was in one place or the other. And according to scripture, that's what happens. Because when the thief on the cross asked Jesus to remember him when he came into his kingdom, Jesus promised him, he said, this day, this day. You will be with me in paradise. So there's not a comeback. In other words, you've got one chance here, one choice to make that decision. If he was so strong about putting the angels out of heaven for their rebellion, then he's not going to say, well, I'm going to give you another chance. He gives us a chance every second of every hour that he gives us breath here on this planet to make a decision to love him and to choose him. And it's all about a choice. I mean, I think that we are given different talents and different things while we are here to do one thing, and that's kind of the Great Commission to tell the truth about what really happened. And I think if you ever go back, and especially if you read some of the work that I've done about the Garden of Eden, it gives you a greater impression as to how serious all of this is, that we've kind of been taken advantage by being given stories as children of you know Eve eating an apple and then given to her husband. When in fact the word apple or fruit of apple are not even mentioned in Scripture in in anything with Adam and Eve. And if you go back and you start looking at what does the Hebrews say about that, and you find out how serious this situation was and how it put Adam and Eve out of the garden, and then how the purification was needed. To be able to keep those particular people pure enough that when Jesus was actually born from, from Mary, that his DNA did not have that contaminated DNA from the serpent in it or he could never have gone on the cross. And then when you understand that death only comes through sin, Jesus never committed a sin. So therefore he did not die on the cross. He commended his spirit into the father's hands. Only when you sin can you die. And that is how he won the rights to the gates of hell and busted hell wide open and the first fruit that were there that had already passed, that was actually in Abraham's bosom, was able to rise up and walk during that time on this earth. We're told, and we see that in Scripture, that he says, I'm coming back. You know, I've gone to prepare a place, and here's what's going to be happening. He explains to them... are there with him, and especially you know he came back and and the visions that were on the Isle of Patmos that John the Revelator had. These things, can you imagine 2,000 years ago trying to come up with all the things about the pestilence, the fires, the changes in the sun, moon, and stars, the hurricanes, the the earthquakes in diverse places, and these kind of things. How could you, as a person on Isle of Patmos, have ever envisioned something 2,000 years later that would be happening exactly perfectly as to what was told back in those days you couldn't hit that on a nail on a head a hammer any more than trying to think you know what it's going to be 10 years from now Uh,
0: so so so, uh, help me understand god said to his favorite angel right lucifer uh who turned on him you will get your time to rule you will get your time to bring the people with you that you want to bring. I'm, I'm paraphrasing, obviously summarizing kind of what my, uh, you know, very limited understanding is. Uh, is that time now?
1: Well, the, 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 it's always been with us. It's always been here. When Jesus came to this earth, before he went to the cross— you know, he was out in the wilderness, he was fasting and praying, and that's when Satan shows up. He's going to come up, he's going to come up to you when you're hungry, angry, lonely, or tired. That's, it's called a halt. He's going to hit you when it, you're the worst of the worst of the situations. He went after Jesus out there in the fasting area of the wilderness, hoping that he could break him because he knew he had to sin. But, you know, he kept saying, you know, I I can throw you down. You can do this. You can call the stones. You can make stones bread. And he kept saying, you know, you cannot tempt the Lord thy God. Do not tempt the Lord thy God. He kept telling him that. And then when Jesus went before Pilate, Pilate, you know, was, was kind of, what is this? I mean, why are you doing this to yourself And whatever? And he specifically said to Pilate. He says, my kingdom is not of this world. So we know that the people who rule over the the world and have ruled over the world are really those people that are connected to this lineage, to this bloodline, to this evil, because that's how Satan has controlled the world. He's the covering cherub. He's the one that's like, has us really engaged in trying to make us fall. And since he made Adam and Eve in the situation that he did and they lost the paradise, God gave us an opportunity to come back because he could have easily people said, well, he could have just killed Adam and Eve. And I said, well, he couldn't have killed Adam and Eve because Jesus, our God, sees everything. He sees I, I, Alpha and Omega beginning and end. So when he brought Adam and Eve into the world, he could see every seed that includes me and you that would come until the end of the the days of this particular generation. And that's why in Scripture, in Genesis, it says these are the generations. Because there was a chaotic earth, there was an original earth, there was a chaotic earth, all in the first part of Genesis there.
0: I mean, they were so, pretty barbaric back in the day.
1: Well, you know, the thing that I think is very interesting is I don't think they were. I mean, we're talking about people, even after the uh, Noah's Ark, that they came off that ark and they were already building... Within you know numbers of years, the Tower of Babel. They had one speech, and they were actually building something quite impressive. Even before the days of Noah, we see in Scripture that Cain's lineage was building cities with walls. That they were you know manufacturing things as far as uh, uh, weapons and 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 really sciences and all the work that I've done as far as research is concerned. The particular people who are in that satanic bloodline lineage that I've traced all the way back to Eden, they really had knowledge of sacred sciences and sacred geometry. And the reason I say that that all How the oracles did. Yeah, all yeah. the oracles that are on this planet that even the Knights Templar built all their Gothic cathedrals on right. were original oracles that match right. the planets in the skies. And they are right. all located on dragon nodes that cross each other. Well, I know how to go out and douse, and you can find water that way. But these dragon nodes have water under them. How is it that somebody of that capability, supposedly caveman status, could have ever known that they could not have? So right. that tells us pyramids built the the probably the mytho- mythological Roman and Greek mythology that most of that was not really fictitious. Right, I have to go back and think. Why would Plato have written about a, a land called Atlantis? He wasn't writing right. a bestseller for Barnes and Nobles, right? He was writing history. All those
0: guys, all those guys. They were. I mean, I I'd be curious to get your perspective on Nostradamus. But but one of the things that really shocks me, and and that symbolism is not lost on me, and that and the the numerology and all of that. I, I started to actually research. I, I have honestly, I can honestly say I had never looked up the Church of Satan. It is a real thing. Oh, yes. And yes. they are practicing cannibalism yes. and they are not hiding it. And right. they talk about human sacrifice and they are proud of it. And it is a, I, I mean, it is mind blowing to me. My naive mind. Well, the thing could about it go is. There.
1: Yeah. Unfortunately, being raised as Christian, lots of times we don't real we don't, unfortunately, people don't want to believe that Satan is real. And that's right. the greatest thing that he's been able to fool people. But he's very alive and well on planet Earth. And if you go back into the histories of like the Mayans and the Incas and people like that who believed in the feathered serpent that came to Earth and they worship him. And he was a serpent. He was a flying serpent. You can go back and look at the. The, the carvings and things over in Iraq and places like that. And you see these scaled individuals that have these wings that they're half and half of something. They could fly, but yet they looked like they were like serpentine looking. So when you look at what were they doing, they were t- they were taking their their people the common people, not their not their top people, the common people cutting their hearts out on top of this stuff, pulling out their entrails, eating their entrails, and drinking their blood. And what people don't realize is that these people, like the Epsteins and people who are in this uh, illuminated bloodline, they are cannibals. They drink blood. And I fully believe that the fetuses that they are taking from women, that they are eating the flesh. They're needing that to continue to maintain themselves. Oh my God. It, is, it is a terrible thing. And, and some of the stuff, Michaela, that I've had to deal with, and I guess it's because I've said there's nothing I haven't heard about, seen about, read about, or <laughs> experienced myself and maybe God gave me this, all of this, so that I could look at it in a perspective instead of being drugged down rabbit holes to see exactly what's going on. And that's the thing that's got me most, I guess, impressed by the work that I've done is that over these 40 something years, I have not been misled into believing something that I thought was not correct. I mean, I really know beyond a shadow of a doubt, I've researched it. So it's not like, I'm trying to pull the wool over my own eyes or over your eyes. I just see the game that's being played. And so when I turn on the TV or I hear people talk, red flags just <laughs> they just pop up. My best friend will be like, oh, my gosh, Joy, when I'm with you riding down the road, she says, it's like you can tell me everything that's happening and, and compare it back to how that relates to either secret societies and what they have said or what the Wiccans are believing in that and what the. Why I, doing I, I, black, which I can't doing. even
0: watch a movie or a or a news program anymore because it to me it, it, it's the same people that are putting out Jurassic Park. It, it's 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 a manipulated movie.
1: We've got so clearly Right. We've got to realize that the people who own the media, the big medias and the books and the movies, they literally are brainwashing you to believe in certain things. And they use a form oh, it's of double
0: indoctrination.
1: speak. Oh, it, it, it's beyond.
0: Absolutely double speak indoctrination. It's it's mind blowing and now I can't unsee it. I I I, I like, Wash your eyes literally. Literally cannot unsee it. I can't even, you know, and and so it's funny because the other day my husband was watching something. He's getting fired up it was a documentary on Netflix about ISIS, about uh, ice. Uh-huh. And, and, and he's getting fired up. And I said, babe, it, it's a movie. These are paid actors, <laughs> like, you, got, you know, and he's like, I can't believe, you know, no. and it's, it's just I can't unsee it. I tried to watch a children's movie the other day. I had to turn it off. I said, my son can't watch this. This is I'm sorry, all dogs go to heaven with a little girl in a basement <laughs> uh no we're not we're not watching that. We watched it as kids. We were part of that indoctrination. It is generations of it. I, uh, I mean it's unbelievable of creating a victim mentality of, of of having people believe that they are not capable that, i mean that they should not and cannot independently think. I mean, it is really mind-blowing. Once you start going down, it's, it's hard to, I mean, it's almost depressing. It's almost oh, yes. depressing. You
1: know, in my work, that's the one thing that I was able to show is that this has been a form of of teaching children for a very long time theory and making it look like it was real when it's not. And I guess that's the thing that I started paying attention to when I was a child. I was like, that doesn't make sense. This doesn't make sense. It's like believing that the Colorado River cut the Grand Canyon, okay? I mean, I was not, but like 11 years old or 12 years old when I saw that, and I was like, Daddy, that's kind of like a miracle. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And the more I researched it, that is from the Great Flood. And now that... Uh, Creation Evidence has got some Christian people who are out there trying to look at the numbers of uh, dinosaurs that are in the same sediment of layers of, of the ground. See, we've always had epochs that we were told were based on dinosaur lives, and so that makes us a billion years old and all this kind of stuff. Well, out there, they have found that the dinosaurs that were supposed to be maybe 100,000 years apart, are all in the same level of sediment at the same wow. time. Well, that, pro- that, dispro- <laughs> that disproves everything. And then, like, for example, with genetics. I mean, science has literally proven the Bible, and that's why I do what I do, because I'm so excited that finally science is catching up with the Bible instead of people saying, oh, the Bible's not real and the science. And when I first started doing my work, they were like, Joy, you can't put science and religion together. They're out there in left field apart from each other. And I'm like, no. Science is going to prove their Bible to be true, and that's exactly what's happening. Because in genetics, for example, they've now had to say that the first woman that we all came from was named. They name her Eve. The scientific community named her Eve. She lived about sixty-two thousand or six thousand about two hundred years ago, which is exactly about what we said—that six thousand years since the Garden of Eden. Because now they can back up even. You even got it.
0: Stephen Hawking on his deathbed saying. Uh I think that religion and science can exist together. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've been saying <laughs> it for years, and people were laughing at me, going, Oh my
0: gosh. And now they're
1: calling me up and going, Can you be on my show? Because there's something that you said is like really, really spot on. And it's because I did the research and I could just see this stuff. God just gave me the ability to see the big picture. And I'm so thankful because I can take pieces of the puzzle from every discipline and put it all together. And you can see the perfection of what's going on around us. And that we've got a beginning and an end, and it's all set up, and we're kind of like, like in a matrix and we're on like a table of a chess game and we can either move for Satan or we can move for God, but there's coming a chess mate and there's coming an end to what we're presently in. And you've got a choice in where you're going to spend eternity because even the body when it's transfigured and it's resurrected, it still looks like you as Jesus when he came back after he was resurrected, he walked around, he ate with those people. I mean literally, you don't lose who you are. That's why scripture tells you that you will be known as you're known. And and you know, I, I try to show this from science now that that these things are real, that genetics is proven there wasn't Eve. We all came from one woman.
0: Wow <laughs> and it's all connected. You know, it's just so, amazing. So, so let me, I had a guy on the podcast, his episode will not come out until a couple of of weeks after yours, but, um, he, he talks about monogamy and eroticism. Okay. Uh And he says that it, that, um, the church has kind of led people up to, to be, to believe that it is shameful to be sexual. And, um, you know, I, and I was thinking back on, on how, you know, Adam and Eve were naked and they did embrace their human bodies and that was okay. But then I also started thinking about what I've read about, uh, the church of Satan and what they say about embracing your, your you know, your beastly, uh, mm-hmm. nature and all this. It's like, how, how can, I mean, can married couples have eroticism in their marriage and not feel shameful about it? Where of does course. all that fit?
1: See, th- th- that's what happened. Um, in the garden, When this serpent showed up and and really enticed Eve away from her husband, because in in Genesis, it says that God married Adam and Eve. He took Eve from Adam's rib, which uh, another thing is scientific. The rib is the most perfect place to take DNA from in any human being. And he took the rib from Adam to make Eve. So their DNA was perfected. There should not have been any imperfections. Well, when that happened and she went with the serpent, who was the beast of the field like you're talking about, then that brought in an element of guilt and of shame and of adultery and of whoredom and all the things that run directly through scripture from day one. It is a way for us to see that every bit of that is controlled by Satan to make us feel the way we do. Jesus You know, he did not marry, but he was here to be pure to go to the cross. Some people will say, well, he didn't marry and da-da-da. It has nothing to do with that. His purification had to do what he had to do to go to the cross as a pure individual and die for our sins. When God created us in the garden, when the creator was there, it was the intent to put man and woman together to form one flesh to have seed after their kind. He did not say he did not want them to have sex. He said for them to be fruitful and multiply. God created sex. And if you read the Song of Solomon, if anybody will take the time to read the book, the Song of Solomon, that is very, very sexual. So God was not after, you know, people not to have sex or to enjoy sex. He just said you are to have Sexual relations with a person you are married to, a man and a woman, to be married, to have seed after time. time.
0: But see, some women women struggle with the subservience of 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 women to men in 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 the Bible, in the Scripture. And I'm one of the organizers in the early days when they were when they were putting in... I mean, are women to be subservient to
1: men? No, and that's the one thing that people don't ever go back and read that scripture. It says that a man is to love his wife as Christ loved the church and was willing to die for her. The the, the expectation of pureness and staying holy and doing is on the man's head to be like Christ. I mean, that is a big Big step. And then the bride was to love Christ. And that's exactly what the, the bride and the bridegroom that's taught throughout, you know, the scriptures is talking about. It's the pureness of holiness. If the man does as God asks them to do, there's no woman on the face of the surface that's not going to love somebody who does that, who would be willing to die, who would be right, who would care for her, who would do all these kind of things. But what has happened is men have gotten an attitude, well, I can do this. I don't have to do that. I don't have to be subservient to my wife. Or I, you know, I'm the head of the household. They don't go back and read what it says that they're supposed to do. Because dying for someone, it never asks the bride to die. It asks the bridegroom to die for the bride, as Christ did. So the expectation is much greater on the husband than it was ever placed on the wife. And it says that we were created to be one flesh, to walk side by side through this world the only reason the curse was done in the garden was that that eve had that sexual relationship with the serpent and so she was cursed in childbirth in other words all these animals out here when they have babies they're not going oh pain can't deal with this only humans have that from what happened in that relationship with that serpent that she should not have done At the same time, because the man, Adam, did not, and he was standing there with his wife because she gave first to the serpent and she turned around and then she gave to her husband who was with her, according to scripture. It was the man's responsibility to have said to his wife, Eve, look, God told us not to come near this tree. He told us not to touch it. He told us not to be a part of this tree. Turn around. We're going away. But he did not do that. He sat there and he watched what happened with his wife with that serpent. And then he turned around and when she turned to him, he had sex with her to cover up what he did not do in stopping that from happening. Because he could have stopped it. So when they got away, what happened to them, Man, the first thing they did, they're sewing fig leaves together. If they had eaten a piece of fruit, they'd have sewed their mouth together. Or put a fig leaf over their mouth. They knew they had had a sexual relationship with that serpent, Eve with the serpent, and then she turned around and she ate with Adam. He tried to cover it up. There was sin. There was guilt. And what did, what did God say? Hey, how you know you're naked? Because if you are, if you were a child and you were running around as a little kid, there's a little boy and a little girl running around together. They have no concept of their nakedness. They do not understand the sexual evil, whatever, until you are taught that. And once you are taught it, it's like boom, boom, boom. And more children in this world have been sexually molested and abused, pedophilia, whatever, because that's the quickest way to kill your innocence. And that's exactly what Satan did to Adam and Eve. And that's why if we'd have been taught that, in Christianity, instead of trying to say let's don't talk about sex, let's don't do this, let's keep it like this, Satan has he has he has he has done his greatest work by Christians not telling the truth of what went on what went on in that garden. If I had been told, look, this is how it was in the Garden of Eden, you would understand why is it that God says don't lay with a man and a woman before you're married, don't have sex. You know, in the Book of Leviticus, if you did that, if men laid with a a woman or whatever before they're married, they killed him. I mean, it was like, that's over. It's done. You don't, you get to the understanding once you get the whole concept of this, of the pureness that he's expecting in this. But he's not saying you can't have sex with your husband. But if your husband and you will react like God intended marriage to be, then sexual, you know, involvement with each other is actually a part of what God created. But we were not supposed to be like the beast of the field. And Satan was a beast of the field. It says he was. He was the most cunning, crafty, uh, beguiling thing out there. And he sucked Adam and Eve right into play in his game. And he's done that throughout every generation. All the fertility paganism all the sexual stuff all the things that just draw kids into having major problems guilt can't get over things into drugs well usually if you go back and i've done a lot of a lot of counseling with people you go back and find the root cause of most people's drinking partying Uh, sexual problems, whatever, they were either sexually molested or they had the wrong kind of sexual experience as a young kid. It is the number one dominating force. And that is why these pedophilia guys like Epstein and all them, they know all these Catholic priests that have molested all these kids, they know from Satan's standpoint that's the way to ruin them and their families for the rest of their lives. Because to break that cycle is a real problem. Now, I've done it with people who were willing to say, this is what happened to me as a child, they acknowledged what happened to them, and they turned their life over to Jesus, and they got married, they never drank, they never smoked again, they never had another homosexual relationship, nothing. They went on, and they took up what God said. I created a man and a woman to be together for this purpose, to have seed after your kind, to be happy. You be the bridegroom in that household, that woman's going to be your bride, and you're going to have a marriage on earth that's much like will be a marriage in heaven. I had that as, 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 as a person. For 33 years, I had a husband just like that. Um, I loved him. And when he said something, he wasn't ruling over me. It was that I looked him because he was doing it the right way, and I was doing it the right way. And we never even had an argument. Never. You know, is in and not telling you a story. We never had an argument. We never were each other's throats. We had a great perfect relationship. And so it it wasn't like he was henpecked or I was whatever, you know, his, his servant. It wasn't anything like that. If you will do it the way God said do it, it will be perfection in a marriage as much as it can be in a fallen world. But you should never feel negative about that God did not intend women and men to have a sexual relationship in a marriage. It's only that that adulterous outside of the marriage, all that that leads to the problems that we're seeing in the
0: world and have been seeing in the world for eons. So, so one last question, because I know that we don't have much time left together. Uh, the mark of the beast it, is, is the COVID vaccine the mark of the beast?
1: I've had a lot of people ask me that and I don't, I cannot tell you right now what exactly the mark of the beast will be. I do. I am concerned that Bill Gates is involved in. And, I, and in my books, I talk about the vaccination program. My husband was a victim of a, of a flu vaccine. He he died a very terrible death, much like Lou Gehrig's disease from a flu shot, and uh, completely wasted away all his muscles and everything. And I looked after him twenty four seven. He was on a ventilator, uh, fed through a tube in his stomach. Couldn't roll over. Couldn't sit up. Could not speak. I mean, for nine and a half years, I went through. A flu vaccine vaccine and what it causes people to have in this country that most people don't even have a slightest clue is going on so vaccinations are not a real positive thing with me because i've seen and lived it uh and experienced it firsthand and watched my the love of my life die from a flu a flu shot so um i am concerned and have mentioned in my books about the vaccinations and about what's in the vaccinations and how they have the capability now with the dyes and things of that nature, I have a whole uh, uh, one of, a chapter in one of my books, an Eden book, about nanotechnology. And being able to take dye and use nanotechnology particles in that, if you were to tattoo that on you in some form or fashion, and we know scripture tells us that these marks are going to go in your forehead and on your forearm, that they have the capability to allow you to buy, sell, or trade. Now, some people think, well, could I get that and not know it? I think that you will know that this is, in fact, the mark of the beast. I don't think there will be a question in your mind because the Bible tells us to be vigilant to not take the mark of the beast. And it's called the mark of the beast. So I really do believe that you are going to know without a shadow of a doubt that you're choosing to follow Satan and you're not following God. I think you will not have any question in your mind. Either you take it and you follow Satan or you take it and you follow God. Now, the thing that does concern me is that Scripture says the beast is going to be pretending like he is the Messiah. Oh, yes, and so right. what you've got to be careful about, and that's why Scripture, you need to read your Bible. I'm so glad that you're reading your Bible again, is that you are to know that the man that's going to offer this thing, his name is going to equal the number 666. And that he is going to be playing like the Messiah. Now, for all of us who are Christians, we know that Jesus came, he died on the cross, he rose again, Straturian proves he lives, and the fact is he's coming back. It doesn't say he's going to be reborn again as a child. Be very cautious of that. He will not be reborn again as a child. I think that some of the rebirth stuff that they're put promoting from the white magic style so that you can kind of get sucked up in the belief that he could be reborn again into this world and save us. He is going to be able to do miracles, and the miracles will be miracles because he's have sating and dwelling in him. So he can do miracles. Just be aware. That Jesus said, "There's going to be people coming who look like Him, who act like Him. Who are going to stand in the temple of God, proclaiming themselves to be God." According to the book of the, uh, uh, Thes- uh, um, uh, um, what's the name of the book? I just left me. Anyway, <laughs> that's okay. It's in it's in, it's in, the, <laughs> I, I it's in the
0: know it. <laughs> it's in the,
1: it's in the New Testament. And um, uh, Thessalonians. I couldn't think how what it I was. was like, Thessalon- to Thessalonians Thessalonians and. And it tells you that he's going, this man is going to pretend he's God, standing in the temple of God, proclaiming himself to be God. So it was even in Jesus' day, while he was walking on this earth, those are his words. Be prepared. When Jesus left this world, he says, I go to prepare a place for you, and when I come again, you know, to receive you as my own, it says in, in the book of Revelations, when we, we see him again coming in the clouds, you know he's coming from up there now there is a period of time called the catching away which some people the rapture word is not in the scripture but there's a catching away like a thief in the night where christians will be caught away and 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 gone from this earth you will go in, you will be gone in like the blink of an eye so there's going to that's going to happen and you're going to have rapture. the mark. You, yeah and you're going to have like a mark of the beast and you're going to have this beast so if you are cognizant that this is a guy playing like he's got all the answers, he's working miracles. He cannot be Jesus reborn again. He cannot be playing like God. He cannot, because if he is, he is the beast. And that's why it's so important to read that, because Satan's going to use every way he can to make you believe that this being or this man is, in fact, your Messiah, your Savior that came to save you, you know. And this thing about, you know, the UFOs, I feel like the fallen angels are going to use all that to to reinforce who this man is, that they'll make you think that he's, you know, this is his angels and this is whatever, and he, they've been here with us for eons and eons. And to see, and, what I mean, freaks, it's a perfect thing to set what, up to make you believe what
0: it. freaks me out and what I've been telling people is like, like, okay, after researching the Church of Satan and finding out this is a real thing, and after... The fact that I know from programs like HARP, H A A R P, and and cloud seeding and things like that that they can manipulate the weather—we know this; it's science. It's not a theory anymore. I mean, it's all over the internet in plain sight. They don't even try to hide that they manipulate (laughs) the weather. What greater thing for a satanistic person to do than to spark wildland fires using lightning? Oh, yeah. Than to create hurricanes, And, and, and it just got me thinking, like. That seems like a very far out whack-a-doodle conspiracy theory. And now it feels like it is the it's perfect real. stage it's real. for his show.
1: Yes. It's very real. And that's the thing when they talk about, you know, that it's climate change and all that. And I'm like, well, if that's the case, then what's causing the changes on the, on the, the sun, the moon it? and Mars? You know, there's right. something else doing all of that. So it was not humans up there with carbon, whatever emissions causing the changes on Mars and Venus and all these other planets. Yet, so you're like, you're, I
0: believe that climate change is real, but who caused it? Oh, yeah, that's, right. that's, the, that's I'm like, the thing, I think, right? I Just like, like the Big Bang probably, I mean, accordingly, happened, but who created it? Who made see, the
1: moon? You've got to remember that when they talk, they should talk about that. And I hate to say it, but now your physicists are having to go, this was all created because you can't take two atoms and smash them together because you have to have two atoms, who created the two atoms? So the Big Bang right. Theory just falls apart because you don't have two rocks hit together. Who made the two rocks?
0: Way and so, before COVID, my son and I sat at the California Academy of Sciences. We did a little tour, did the whole thing, and then we sat in yes. their a little planetarium thing, whatever it was. And we watched this movie, and this movie was on dark matter. And I swear, <laughs> they literally described God. I think we're describing dark matter, the alpha, the omega, the never ending, ever expanding, unable to test it, unable to see it, unable to catch it. I mean, I was like, you just described God. (laughs) <laughs> exactly. And the, th- and the thing about it is they've always known that there's a creator.
1: Everything, and that's what science is doing, is showing us that everything has got a pattern, a rhyme, and a reason. When you throw two rocks together, just go outside and take you two rocks and throw them together and watch everything. Just take two more rocks. It's chaotic. Nothing has any rhyme or reason. Everything that exists in this world, including the The way that the sun rises, the moon does, the planets do, even the asteroids, how they're doing, they are all on time clocks and they're all doing the same thing and it's a cycle like that. You cannot get order out of chaos. I don't care how much you try it, you will never get order out of chaos. And so physicists are now seeing that instead of saying, like you, when you saw this on the dark matter, that's, that's, you can't explain it because you don't want to say that's God. Right. It's like right. We, want, we don't want to hear, they don't want to hear that, that the shroud of Turin is real because, oh my gosh, if it's real, Jesus Christ was here. He died on the cross. His blood is really real. It can heal because it did heal the first people who touched those that cloth. He went through that cloth. He resurrected through pure light. He is pure light. He's coming back again. Well, guess what that says? Oh my gosh, I better get my life cleaned up because this all stuff is really real. You know, it's like the Turkish government won't let us up on top of Mount Ariat because Noah's Ark is up there. I've got pictures of that piece of wood that's up there. That is Noah's Ark. Well, what happens if we go up there and we be able to bring that back down? Oh, there really was a flood. There really was a Noah. And wow. everything else falls apart. So I'm we have so been glad you,
0: you made time for this today. I mean, this is really like revolutionary stuff that I don't think I was ready to hear. Um, and I, and I think that there are a lot of people every day that are waking up and are being, that are asking why and that exactly. are starting to explore this and starting to realize that, it, you know, you can't, you can't live in that space of naivety much longer because there's too much rising.
1: Well, what you just said is when you turn on the TV now, you're like, whoa, what, When your eyes are open, and I'm talking about your spiritual eyes are open, you can never close it back up because now you see it for what it is. And if you want to try to deny all you want to, if you're a Christian, God keeps tapping on your shoulder. Did you see it? Did you see it? Did I not tell you this? (laughs) Hello? And if you start listening to the other side, you go, oh, my gosh, that's Satan talking to me. You know it. I, I, you I immediately literally know it. I
0: mean, it. I can't even have conversations with people sometimes. I, I, I just smile <laughs> and nod. Uh, uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you see the double me wrong, teeth. do that. I'll be the it, first one to buy you a drink.
1: <laughs> I mean, there was one There's times on TV that they're doing newscasts and the people are doing um if you watch their eyes, if they're disagreeing or something, they're literally doing Morse code with their eyes. <laughs> And I'm like, oh my gosh, look at this! They're doing Morse code. Nobody, else, they're saying, oh, that guy's just blinking. I'm like, do you go blink, blink, dot? Nobody blink, blinks dot, like dot, that. Blinks. No, nobody do blinks like that. I mean, so I, you see things that you never hand signals, hand signs. I mean, I, I've studied all that and bring all that stuff up in my work, and it, and it's literally being done right before eyes. And once your eyes are open, your eyes are open. Can't you know, even there can a, a snake in the water called,
0: without having a, an emotional experience no.
1: That's right. Now, you remember the uh, movie. Did you see the movie uh, Eyes Wide Shut with yes. um, Tom Cruise okay.
0: and Nicole Kennedy? Yeah. Yes.
1: That, that was the took in. Pretty, oh, yes.
0: Plain sight. The Da Vinci Code. <laughs> that, I mean, yes. Literally, it's right there. They're not even hiding it. Oh, gosh.
1: Uh, Michaela, I'm so glad your eyes are open because it's so much fun when I deal with people who really see it. If oh. if you're trying to deal with people who don't see it, you know, for years when I was researching this, people would look at me and just <laughs> shake their head and walk away. Right, and I can yeah. only imagine the comment. I mean, I've had, you know, uh, radio people call me years later, like I said earlier, and go, you know, I kind of laughed at you on my show, and I want you to come back because I now know <laughs> this is not a joke. And I'm like, and they said, and you were so kind, and you, you didn't really make me feel bad. And I, I said, well, when you know something I don't care how bad people talk about you. You know the truth and the truth will set you free because you're hoping that that person will finally get it. And they'll call and say, please listen to me. I've got this problem. Tell me what to do about it. You know, I was wrong. That's what I'm hoping because condemnation. I can't give condemnation. God gave me this information and he said, give it to the people. And so every time I'm ever asked to speak or be on a show, it doesn't matter how small it is. If it's one person listening, for some
0: reason, God wanted that one person to hear what I had to say. I don't think it's an accident that we connected when we did and that I went through this entire experience over the last couple of months. I don't think that's an accident.
1: No, and, and you now have a show that you have this understanding, this capability that you can reach so many people. And God's going to use you for that. And, and let me just say this. From everything I'm researching, I have never said that I thought we were in the tribulation period. But when COVID came into being and the world has done a 360, that's something that we've never seen happen. We will never go back to where we were in December of last year. You will never see those days ever again.
0: You and I recorded right before COVID and then I published it. It went out because of just the way it was lined up with guests. It went out the first of April, but I I'm telling you, and I'm getting chills as I'm saying it. When, when we first connected, even though this podcast had no, no real basis in Christianity in that sense. Like, I mean, it's not a religious podcast. It's a spiritual podcast. But it's not a religious podcast. I, I could not deny that you needed to be a guest. It, it was so loud to me and, mm-hmm. and, and now coming and then COVID happening, come in this full, I mean that it just gives me chills.
1: Oh yes. Uh, and, and, I, and I can honestly say, uh, according to Scripture, it says that this time period that we will have to go through, according to Scripture, is like a seven-year period of time. If we are following that time period, if we have started that, that day one uh, when COVID hit the, it hit the world, then, you know, we've got seven years before it's a battle of Armageddon. So if that's the case and it says that those days are going to be like a woman in travail where everything starts happening closer and closer together, worse and worse, you just look at the fires. You look at the two hurricanes in the Gulf. You look at all the historic things that are happening right now, the famine, the locusts, the pestilence, the dying of um, the animals and the people, the unrest, the lawlessness. You just look. It's all over the world. And that's what and, it and says in days or right.
0: Like I do feel like you know we had the fires before, but not like this, not uh, like now. And y'all had a fire
1: that was out there that actually set off a tornado warning. It was so bad, right? I mean, that's like we never had that before. Right. And you know, one of the bad uh, storms that just went through Iowa, they said I think it was the governor said it was like a forty mile. Tornado that just went all the way through, and that it took out all their bins and all kinds of grains and stuff. Well, we're already suffering at the grocery stores. Imagine as this gets worse, you know. Imagine what's just going to come in down there in in Texas from this hurricane that's coming. You know, it's just other things are happening all over the world, not just in the United States, because the pure locusts are now. Over in, in like Africa and in the, in the Middle East area, you know, I grew up with big, what I call big grasshoppers in South Georgia. But we're talking about the size of your hand and that they can uh-huh. literally devour a field in 30 seconds. Wow. I mean, 30 seconds. And then all these people that have had all this devastation and fires and droughts and floods, now... The bread baskets of the world that we've got, like we bought wheat from this one and corn from that one. Now we can't get those things and people are starting to hoard it. And then right. people are going to get where they can't get it. Right. Oh, my gosh. And you got China that's over there trying to teach the Middle East now nuclear war. And what does it say about the end of days? There's going to be a nuclear major explosion over there, according to the book of Revelation. I mean. The of We've already even there?
0: seen that. I mean, if you look at Belgium or Lebanon there, that explosive. I mean, I watched oh, that yes. playback that, in slow motion. Is, it looked
1: like exactly. a nuke. It sure did. And there was somebody playing with stuff that they are not talking about. Absolutely. You, you are, you are, I'm so glad. I'm so glad that we got to do this together because, you know, this is how I get excited when people will write me or call me and I, and I really try to be personal with everyone who tries to reach out to me. I want you to see what's going on so that you make the right choices because the greatest thing that we have within us is not the gold we have in our, in our coffers. It's not the silver that we're wearing on our clothes. It's not, the nicest Ferrari we've got in the garage. It's not anything, numbers of children. It's none of that. The greatest asset we have is our soul. If we can make it through and stay true to God, we get paradise. And paradise is like never bad. Everything is perfect with a perfect creator. It's real. It's not fake. And if we can just stay and keep our mind on what he's told us to do and stay in the word of God, even when things get tough, you got to remember that Paul and Silas and then when they were in the jail, they sang. It wasn't that they they knew they were fixing to have their heads chopped off, but they knew that the moment of their deaths at the end of everything, that if they stayed true, that they had this paradise that was created for us and God and Jesus made that clear when jesus was here he told them they saw him rise up in the cloud they saw him be transfigured on that mountain they saw all this stuff and that's why his disciples All died as martyrs. Every one of them except John the Revelator who lived on the Isle of Patmos. Of course, he was boiled in oil and lived to tell about it. And then as an old person, of course, he stayed in prison until they changed the uh, Caesar. and, And he was able to go out and get away and die with his family. As what Jesus had said that he would be the one. The rest of them died being cut up, heads cut off. Why did they allow themselves to be martyrs? Because they knew the moment that they died, they had paradise. They knew it. They knew it. And if you had seen Jesus raise himself from the dead and you saw him, then any, it's like I told you earlier, if somebody says something behind my back or says something in my face, if I know the truth, it doesn't hurt me because I know the truth. So those people were willing to be martyrs. And to me, their deaths prove beyond a shadow of a doubt that Jesus Christ died on that cross and he rose again. They saw him and they knew what he told them was the truth. Or you would never have died for something that you thought was a fake that he didn't come out of that grave gives me so much hope yes it does and even in the worst of days that we're fixing to see that we're fixing to live through if you can keep that positive thought you know it's kind of like delayed gratification we all like to get things quick 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 but if you can put in your mind if i stay true even through all of this and keep my mind focused on what is good in the end it's paradise it is and you're going to know yourself if you leave your body, I'm telling you, you look like you, you know yourself, you know who you are. If you're in an accident and you're raised up above your body and you see it down there crushing a car, you know that that's your body. But you're still alive. You still look like you. You still think like you. And everybody that's had a near-death experience and went into heaven, the people that met them, they knew them. And little children who didn't even know they had siblings that had died before they were born that their parents never told them about, met their siblings and told them what their name was and come back and ask their mom and dad. You know, I met a little girl, a little boy, and they said they were my brother, and this was their name. How would a child know that? They would never know that. Wow. So there's proof of life after death. You don't die. And like I say, that energy... Law of thermodynamics, when that sperm hits that egg and it causes an electrical spark, and now MIT shows that, they got that proven that it does that, that spark lives forever. That is you.
0: Mm. It can never be destroyed. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for coming on today. And I, I hope that we can continue these dialogues as we enter this time. Oh yes, and I
1: would love to to continue to do that. And listen, the people that listen to your show, if you would, you know, if I can just say that they can go to my website at drjoy, drjoye.com, and if they've got a question from anything they want to ask me, I have a submission form. I do a little radio show once a month at the end of the month. It's on a Monday night at the end of the month, every month, from 8 to 10 on, on YouTube. And I answer the questions that people send to me on the submission forms each month on, on that little show. So I try, to, I try to get back to people and try to talk to them about the things like we've just talked about, if they have questions about it. So if they do or if they want to follow me on Facebook, this J-O-Y-E, that's Joy with an E, and my last name is P as in Paul, U-G-H, and you can friend me. I'd love to be one of your Facebook friends, and then you can keep up with, like when I'm on your show, I'll post it where they can listen at it and that kind of thing, and any other show that I'm on that they can follow me and follow the research that I am doing.
0: Dr. Joy, J-O-Y-E dot com and your books, all of it. There is no better time than now to start asking yourself these questions, looking in, digging deep and finding answers. And a great place to start is in the scripture. I love that. Thank you so much. And we will be in touch soon. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. God bless. Take care. This has been a BU Find Happy podcast. For more inspiration, check out the links.